Welcome to the Tech for Good podcast. We are very passionate about two things, technology and our world. In each pod, we will be interviewing some fascinating people, business leaders, but those with a special interest in solving the biggest issues facing humanity today. Think the environment. Think healthcare provision during a pandemic. Think global social injustice. If you want to know more about technology's immense potential to fix and transform, then you're in the right place. In this episode, I speak to Tim Gilliams. Tim is co-founder and CEO of Helix, a startup which has pioneered the use of machine learning in developing treatments for rare diseases. In the podcast, Tim tells the story of how a meeting with one man inspired him and his co-founder. He goes deep on Helix's use of data science and machine learning, and he shares his thoughts on the future relationship between healthcare and AI. But first, I ask Tim to explain the challenges around drug discovery and rare diseases. So there are 7,000 rare diseases and 95% don't have an approved treatment. And worldwide, that impacts more than 400 million patients. And and half of those are children. And if you want to have an idea of, of scale, in terms of population size, this is bigger than the population size of the United States. So many people assume that rare diseases are a small problem impacting very few people, but actually together, this is one of the biggest uh, therapeutic and met needs that that we have today and one of the biggest global challenges. That's some really shocking numbers, actually, Tim, when you put it like that. Why, why do you think this problem exists? Like what has caused this, do you think? Part of the problem is really around the broken drug discovery process. So on average, it costs two to three billion dollars to develop a new drug, 10 to 15 years, and with a 95% failure rate. So the traditional drug discovery approach doesn't work for small disease populations. And therefore, large pharma companies haven't really focused on the rare disease and met needs. And this is really an area where machine learning, data science, etc., can can make a, a major impact for, for patients in need. And that's what we're all about, Tim, on the Tech for Good podcast, is learning how technologies like that can help solve problems like this. And that's where your company, Helix, comes in. Maybe tell the listener a bit about what you do. So we're a mission-driven company. We focus on applying machine learning to find rare disease treatments in a different way, at a different scale, different speed, different cost basis. And we were inspired to set up the company when we met a, a rare disease parent called Nick Siro. That was back in 2014. And Nick has two children with ultra rare disease called black bone disease. And there's no treatments approved or there were no treatments approved. And he was told by the medical profession that he should just enjoy the next few years with his kids. And Nick was just uh, an incredible force of nature. And so he didn't take no for an answer. Nick went on a mission to try and find a treatment for his kids. And when we met him, he was trying to repurpose an unusual chemical as a potential treatment and has done this extremely successfully. So that was now approved by the EMA last year. 
and uh, and we just understood then how big this therapeutic element need was, but also how machine learning could really help do this at a different scale in a different way. And and so we set up a model where we work very closely with the patient groups and charities, because in rare diseases, they are really absolutely key. They are your experts. They are the ones who understand what the patients are going through, uh, what a drug would ideally do for them. And they're also your really your, your drivers. They're your champions. And so they're the ones who, who make the impossible possible. And so for every project, we work very closely with the patient groups and, and, and charities in that disease to try and find a, a treatment together. That's an extraordinary story, Tim, about the meeting with Nick. Maybe, maybe tell us like the circumstances around that. How, how did you meet him? So we, we got an in- introduction um, with my co-founder. We were trying to think about, uh, about the company and we were focused on how to apply machine learning to, to really develop drugs in a, in a different way and a, and a different cost basis. And then very, very shortly after, we had a, a lunch at a place in, in Cambridge called uh, La Maison du Steak. And, um, and that was with Nick. And we just realized then what he was trying to do and how, how smart he was. He was trying to make the most of existing treatments. And, and this, if, if you look at the, the rare disease challenge, basically, okay, you have 7,000 rare diseases, 95% don't have an approved treatment. But also, if developing a new drug in the traditional way costs two to three billion dollars per drug, you can't apply this model for rare diseases. And so, you have to make the most of existing treatments and combinations of those. And and that's really the guy was just so smart. And um, and then he, it it um, we realized how big of an impact we could have with our approach. And then what's what's also interesting is that my co-founder uh, David Brown, he's he's actually the the inventor or co-inventor of of Viagra. So he has the name on the original patent, and which is a classic example of a drug that was developed for a different use, and suddenly you realize that it has other effects. And um, and so the two together, it was basically a no-brainer. We had this moment of like, okay, now we we know what to focus on. And, and it really crystallized the, the mission and the purpose of the company. I want to get a bit technical with you now, Tim, and talk about the model, the machine learning model you've, you've developed. How is that working differently to how other similar models in drug discovery have worked before in order to solve the problems that we've talked about? So there's, there's two ways of really applying machine learning to, to drug discovery. The first one is to look at the, um, the current process and apply machine learning to make incremental improvements to that. And, and that's already useful because um, you can improve speed of certain steps, in, improve the likelihood of success of certain stages in, in the process. But what's also exciting is to, to be able to apply machine learning to really redefine your, your drug discovery process and paradigm. And that's really quite quite interesting. So if, if you look at the current drug discovery paradigm, that's called uh, target-based drug discovery. So, and the, the hypothesis and principles behind that are very simple. It's based on one disease, one target, one drug. 
And actually, if, if you look at disease biology, we're way more complicated than that. We have more than 22,000 genes that go up and down in, in regulation. We have uh, more than 8,000 metabolic reactions. So how do you choose one single target and then uh, develop a program around that? And, and the challenge as part of the, the, the failure rate in drug discovery is that if you start with the wrong target and the wrong hypothesis, you're bound to fail in the clinic. And so we've developed an approach that was uh, completely different from the beginning. So we start in a way that's called hypothesis-free. So we, we don't know what the disease target is, and we try not to bias the system. And we also go towards a more combinatorial approach where we have different targets, or they're also called uh, mechanism of actions that can help get the patient better. And so we, we look a lot at uh, drug combinations and how um, you can find the best combination of drug for a particular disease. And that's very different from your one disease, one target, one drug paradigm, which is the current uh, drug discovery paradigm. It's just just way too simple. And so a lot of the programs fail because you just start with a, a hypothesis that's overly simple, uh, that's wrong. And so, and that's really an area where data science, machine learning can help. And there's, there's really two parts to that. One is on the, on the new disease biology. So you have now um, an area of, of, of data that's called omics, and that's kind of your your genome, your transcriptome, your proteome, your metabolome, the list continues. And, and that's new data types that you can use to really understand the disease biology in a different way, in a much more complex way beyond a single target or a single gene. And, and so you can use algorithms to then match the right drug or drug combinations to that disease, but without biasing uh, your original hypothesis. And then the, the other types of data are really much more uh, graph-based. They're called, uh, we've, we've developed uh, a rare disease biomedical knowledge graph, which is basically uh, a database of relationships. And, and from the known relationships, you can start predicting new relationships. And it's a bit like, um, like a giant, like a telescope. And you look at the universe, of all the diseases, rare, common diseases, and then you can zoom in in the areas of interest and, and find potential new treatment applications for, for rare diseases. Hi, I'm Daniel Brigham, editor of the Tech for Good magazine. I hope you're enjoying this pod, and if you want more, why not head over to techforgood.net for some amazing and thought-provoking stories. You can read about one company's mission to use digital technologies in the fight against HIV or learn how social media can help refugees take control of their narratives. For those insights and more, read and subscribe at techforgood.net. It's really interesting, Tim, and, and very clever, may I add. <laughs> Tell us then about some of your success stories at Helix and how you've applied these techniques and these technologies to to solve some of these problems? Have you got any particular accomplishments that you, you want to talk about that you want to share with the listeners? Yeah, definitely. So we were about to start a phase two clinical trial 
That's in Fragile X syndrome. It's a rare neurological uh, disease. And we started that as a partnership with the patient group uh, that's that's based in, in the US and uh, it's gone exceptionally well. And so we that's gonna be a, a combination therapy that's never been tried for that disease before. Um, the first patient will be dosed within the next uh, couple of weeks. Uh, we got uh, IND approval by the FDA and that's a big milestone for the, for the company. And uh, we have another 20 programs behind that that are um, uh, moving towards towards the clinic. So that's really a, a major milestone for us. And also uh, want to demonstrate that we can start predicting uh, treatment combinations in a different way in this hypothesis-free way to start with. And also at a different uh, cost basis, we've been incredibly capital efficient and uh, and that's just where yeah, we're really proud of, of what we've achieved there and, and, um, and are really excited about uh, starting the clinical trial. Amazing. And congratulations on that. That's very timely. Um, Tim, I'm interested to know a bit more about you, actually. What, what's your background? Tell the listener a bit about your journey and how you, how you got to, to where you are. So by, by training, I'm a, a bioengineer and, and, and chemical engineer. I then moved to... Cambridge uh, for a PhD in, in biophysics, so very technical. So I'm basically a nerd, <laughs> and um, and and I was just fortunate enough to to meet my co-founder when when I finished my my PhD, and then meet meet, meet Nick, this this rare disease parent, and so we decided to to start the company, and um, and so I'm a first first time founder and and CEO. I don't have a business background or and uh, it's just been an incredible incredible journey and, and I was really lucky to meet the right people on the way to mentor me support um, through the good times the bad times and really also find the right investors because we are a mission-driven company and uh, we found incredible investors that also believe in the mission of the company to find treatments for rare diseases uh, also at a different price with a different business model. And so so that's been a really, really incredible journey so far. And we're, we're scaling at the moment. So we're now about 135 people. We're going to double in size again uh, over the next 12 months. So it is an exciting, uh, exciting time. How have you found that that business journey side of it, Tim? You know, you're you're a scientist, a physicist, but you've had to kind of grow this business. Is a bit more about that. I mean, how have you found that? I think it's it's really interesting, and and I think it's it's um, there's a different type of of founders now. You you don't have to have an MBA and and have a, like a commercial background. I think it's okay to be a, a technical founder, be passionate about uh, what you're doing. And then just be on a journey where you have to learn very, very quickly. And I think the the biggest uh, learning was really around investment and investor discussion, which was completely, you know, new to me. And um, and so that that was that was a, a, a an important learning as part of the journey. We've raised seventy million dollars so far. We're gonna raise uh, significantly more. And I think that the important bit is to is to find the right people, um, yeah, to 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 join the company, 
and and that really believe in the same kind of uh, mission and philosophy. And then it it matters less. You you'll be able to figure out the the each challenge as it as it uh, comes along. And it's really building this cohesive team um, that's aligned around what you're trying to achieve here, so that you can align the different uh, stakeholders. It sounds really exciting, Tim. Um, and good luck to you with it all. I want to get your thoughts on the kind of broader healthcare technology landscape, because that's certainly something that has come under the microscope a bit during the pandemic, of course, and we've seen how technology is able to, you know, what it's able to deliver ultimately in this healthcare context and, and you know, support patients when they when they need it the most. How, how optimistic are you about the future of, of machine learning and artificial intelligence in in healthcare, do you feel like we're on the cusp of, of a, a, a real kind of change in what we're able to offer, what, what hospitals are able to offer patients ultimately? Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm really excited about uh, about the future prospect. And now it's it's basically happening. There's there's never been larger amounts invested also in the space. So you have, there's a few components that are important. On the one hand, there's the, the innovation, the new, the new data, the, the machine learning that you can apply and that's 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 happening but then you also need uh, the investment um, in the space to really drive things forward and move things forward at a different speed and and that's all also happening I think there's been an enormous amount of of capital deployed and so uh, I don't think there's ever been a better time to be a rare disease patient for example you can really be empowered to to help drive treatments forward. And and work with companies like Helix or others. I think it's 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 an incredibly um, exciting time, and and uh, the proof is in the pudding. So I think you have now the first clinical trials that are starting with AI predicted drugs. This is real, and there's more to come. And and so I think it's we're really gonna look back at this time as a as I think a, a major paradigm shift in healthcare and drug discovery and and there was a there was almost a, a false start where when the um, the hum, human genome was sequenced you know there was a lot of optimism there and and i think what uh, was a bit disappointing was that okay we thought a lot of the disease biology would be understood but actually it's much more complex than just your genome you also want to understand how all those genes are being expressed, how that's being translated into proteins, enzymes, etc. And and that additional insight from a disease biology, all of all of this data is now available. And so I think, um, yeah, I'm very optimistic about about the space. And you must feel, Tim, that Helix is is really at the cutting edge of that. You know, wait, especially you know where you are in in the country, that ecosystem of healthcare innovation, high growth startups like like Helix, really coming through and, and making a difference? Yeah, definitely. Um, we're, we're based in around Cambridge and, and you have more than 4,000 startups uh, in tech, biotech. Uh, obviously, you also have the university. It's a very vibrant uh, ecosystem. But what's super interesting now as well is we can reach out and work more decentralized as well. And so we can tap into, you know, the best uh, talent, whether on the tech side, on the biotech side, really across Europe and and rest of the world. And I think that's been 
let's say one of the positives um, from from the pandemic is that basically the remote working um, was kind of accelerated. And so now you can go beyond your uh, ecosystem in front of your front of your door and tap into the the best uh, best people worldwide. And so we we have a hybrid model now as a company and and that's working really well and and we're able to to really accelerate our growth and and just work with the smartest people wherever they are. And that acceleration that you've said there, Tim, and you mentioned earlier as well, it, it must be so exciting. I'm I'm just imagining, you know, what what you feel the future holds for your, for your company now. It, it must be really inspirational to be able to see how your work can, you know, change people's lives and change the lives of people who previously had no hope, really, and giving them hope and giving them, you know, treatment ultimately for for, for rare diseases. How as as a business leader, as a successful business leader in the, in that space, how fulfilling is that for you? Yeah, it's it's incredibly rewarding. And I think the 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 fact that we're able to work very closely with the patient communities is just so rewarding. It's not, you know, we we interact with them, we discuss which drugs are could could be helpful, etc. And you just get very close feedback. And and you 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 get a sense of of purpose that's really uh, incredible. And we also have people in the company who are affected by rare diseases or have family members with with rare diseases. And so I think that's just a really rewarding uh, process. And and I think the future is is very bright. So we we think we can develop. Or we are developing an approach that's that's much more scalable, and one of the concepts that we're working on is really trying to drive things towards what we call a massively parallel drug discovery, where basically our system can start predicting drugs and ranking drugs for seven thousand rare diseases at a time, and then tell us which ones are the most tractable with a higher likelihood of success, so that you can really change the way like radically change the way drug discovery is done and how people think about it and so we're we're very hopeful that our impact can go you know way beyond what's been possible in in drug discovery and development so far that was the tech for good podcast listen subscribe and rate us on spotify apple podcasts google podcasts and stitcher